Hey, welcome to episode 140 of the Dealer Playbook Podcast. My name is Michael Cirillo. Thanks so much for being here. It means so much. In this episode, we're actually going to take a break from our regular interview schedule to provide you with something I hope you like, a bit of a mashup of past episodes. Uh, truth be told, this is not my idea, but I figured, you know what? Makes so much sense. It's something uh, several of you have actually requested through our Facebook page, which, by the way, you can send messages to me directly there. Uh, on the Facebook page. So definitely do that. I'd love to hear from you. But uh, I figured, you know what? 140 episodes in the can. That is a ton of content. So I figured, what better time to do a mashup than now? Am I right? So like I was saying, I've received a ton of messages from you asking for my best episodes on this or my best episodes about that or, you know, the, just the miscellany of topics that we cover on the show. Um, uh, truth be told, mostly it's a, it's always sales or culture or team building, so th- those sorts of things. But I figured that something we could try here on the show is assemble episodes every now and again that highlight some of my favorite um guests or my favorite show topics or things of that nature and perhaps elaborate on those topics a little bit more provide some level of commentary anyway have a listen let me know if you like it or you don't like it let me know if there's potential in continuing this i'd love to get your feedback on that so we can maybe implement this as a segment or as individual episodes of the show moving forward either way at this point it's one big experiment and i ain't afraid to fail so let me kick this off by by just giving you some background into our topic today. I, w- I recently I was really privileged to host Kijiji Canada's Dealer Talk X in Calgary. I'll be there this fall in Toronto and Montreal, but we've just wrapped the Calgary one, so it's fresh in my my mind. And I thought that some of my observations could maybe preface the direction of where I'm hoping this episode moves. Um, I want to particularly focus briefly on the closing keynote, a gentleman by the name of Doug Lip. I know some of you know who he is, who, who are listening to this, but uh, uh, we're going to have him on the show in a future episode. Uh, but anyways, Doug spent the last 40 or so years as a Disney Institute trainer. And I think he, he actually at one point was the head of all of that. At 29 years old, he was made the head of training for Disney and today has consulted many, and I mean many, Fortune 500 and 100 brands, including some of our dear automakers. His message, um, it really resonated with me because, well, it's, it's consistent with the undertone of nearly every episode of the podcast. It's a message I believe deeply in, so deeply, in fact, that I believe it could solve many, if not all, of the challenges retail dealers and retail businesses face. Now, as my team and I have looked back over the 140 published episodes of the show, we've noted that over 60% of them specifically reference a common theme, while the remaining 40% share ideas about how to make that common theme possible. Any ideas? I know it. You, I know it. You guessed BRT. What does that stand for if you're new to the show? BRT is one of my favorite things. Build relationships of trust. Now, this might be where you're thinking, okay, I'm going to turn off Cirillo. I've heard BRT eight zillion times over the past 140 episodes, but please consider one thing before you go. Why 
I almost went Seinfeld there. Why? Why? How do I get it? Why? Uh, <laughs> you, you know, consider this. Why is building relationships of trust the centerpiece of nearly every business expert's message? Why do so many of the people I bring on the show? And, and by the way, you know this by now. There's no script. There's no set list of questions. Okay, it's just conversations. So, so why did the people I bring on the show naturally migrate to something that emphasizes the importance of BRTing? I'm asked often by people in the retail business, both new and experienced vets, you know, the, the, the war torn and tattered, what ideas I can share about how they can make more money or sell more cars, get more leads and so on. And, and, you know, all these things you've heard. I really hope they've been paying attention. I hope if that, you know, you're asking these questions, you aren't ignoring the answer because it's always going to be the same. Take a minute and listen to this, okay? When I asked Gary Vaynerchuk what he would do as a new salesperson, here's what he had to say. I would go very local. So if you're Rick um, or you're Sally and you're a car salesman in a local area, I would go very local. I would try to become the mayor of Tulsa, Oklahoma. You know, like like become the mayor of your town. Give your two cents on the sub shop. Give your two cents on the school system. Become the mayor. Once you become the most famous local celebrity, well then everybody's gonna buy their car from you. So I know that's a wild strategy, but there's a reason that I've been successful. I think about the world differently. I'm not putting up pictures of my car. There's a million pictures of those cars. But if you go and interview the principal and put that on Instagram or Facebook, if you go and talk about like, this is a danger, this pothole pisses me off in town. Do you know how viral any car salesman that takes a picture of the pothole that pisses everybody off or the bad turn in town or the inside joke for everybody in town, they will get everybody's business. And I see you responding, this is smart. Yeah. Become the social media mayor of your town and you will sell every car in town. Now think about this. What's Gary really saying here? He's sharing a high level with you about the need for you to be or get involved with your community. Social media being the tool he uses particularly to make that happen. He's stressing the importance of building a presence. A presence that is predicated upon the things people in your community are talking and care about. Okay. I think we, we, we get caught up in the hype of social media and because it's so accessible, right? Everybody's got social media in their pocket. We feel pressured to post something, anything with the hopes that it will get noticed. This is where I want to tie into Doug Lip's message from Dealer Talk without obviously giving too much of it away before uh, he's on the show. Okay. He, he shared Disney's, um, what do you call them? The, the Disney's four, Core values, four keys, I want to say. Four keys to a great guest experience. As I share these with you, ponder how they might apply to what Gary said about becoming the mayor. Okay, here they are. First, safety. Second, courtesy. Third, show. And fourth, capacity. Now, Doug shared some really, really interesting information about how cast members, that's what they call the people that work at Disney, are trained, including um, something that I found extremely intriguing. You know what he said? He said, we have empowered our cast members to abandon the potential for capacity 
in order to give priority to the other three keys. Now, capacity to them is, you know, essentially, and I'm, trust me, I'm just lightly scratching the surface here, maybe not even scratching the surface, but capacity to Disney is profits. It's how many people can get into their parks? How many people can they push through the stores? He referenced Main Street Disney being a giant vacuum that magically sucks money out of your pocket. Like that's capacity. But think about how it's fourth on their list of four things. It's literally the last thing that they, they emphasize. Well, what do I mean by abandoning their potential for capacity? I know I'm, I'm kind of not doing this justice. I'm really excited to have Doug on the show, but I'm basically what I'm saying here is say the cashier at one of the Disney stores is approached by a parent or a child that needs to find a bathroom rather than saying something like what we've all heard in that situation where we've got a kid that's about to pee their pants and we're like frantic, like where's the bathrooms? You're not thinking clearly. You just don't want to have to like clean pee up off the, off the floor. Um, rather than saying, you know, uh, yeah, they're at the back of the store. Follow the, the, the big teal blue signs, which, right. We all get that. Yeah, man, there's signs. Go follow them. They're at the back corner of the store. Disney would say something like this. Absolutely. We have bathrooms just for you. In fact, would it be all right if I showed you where they are? That cashier then leaves their post, ultimately sacrificing, uh, money, there's going to be people that are like, oh man, nobody's here. This is annoying. And away they go or whatever their case is. But that, that cast member is abandoning the ability for capacity, sacrificing the, the, their ability for capacity by leading guests right to the bathroom, by showing courtesy, by putting on a good show, by not, not, you know, breaking character, by showing care and concern, i.e. safety for the guest. Makes sense. Like, isn't that interesting? But this now leads me to something Grant Cardone said when we had him on one of the early episodes of the show. I think it was like episode, I want to say 14 or 15. Okay. He asked us why people hate their jobs. Listen to this. What do you think? Why people, why, why people hate the automobile business? I mean, is that a fair statement that, that a lot of people don't like it? Uh, well, you know what? I think there's a lot of people that aren't passionate about a lot of things. I don't know if it's necessarily the car business, but I, I can think of myself. I'm less passionate about things that I suck at. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, like, you, you've got a whatever it is, a hundred thousand salespeople in the country going to work every day, just trying to make ends meet, not really knowing what they need to do to step their game up, or maybe they haven't figured out why they're showing up, and uh, they're they're sucking it up, and so they're not passionate about it. Yeah. They're not enjoying it. You know, I, I know for me and Robert, when you talk, you brought up the topics that we could talk about, I said, you know, you, you, so many topics are covered in this space that you go to these these conferences and conventions and it's how to lease better, how to run a better BDC, how to make more gross, how to convert more. I'm like, when's somebody going to talk about the real shit going on here? OK, what about I hate my damn job? OK, because all this other stuff doesn't matter. The BDC, the conversion rates, the posts, the social media. Dude, if you hate what you do. Look, you just hate what you do, okay? And there's no creativity if you're hating. I mean, you're using so much energy to hate that you can't create. Damn, I sound like yeah. I sound like a, I sound like a Baptist minister now, okay? Cardonisms. Look, yeah. So, um, you know, I just bought the domain. Yeah, probably. You probably <laughs> 
your net worth is wrapped up in domains. I don't have any money, but I got bustedbroke.com and hoping somebody buys it one day in the future.com. So, so, um, you know, the first two years I sold automobiles, I absolutely hated the car business. I mean, I hated it with a passion. I, I didn't like me. I didn't like the people I worked with. I didn't like uh, the manager that I had. I kind of liked the finance guy I had because I could talk him into anything. Uh, but he was so weak. Nice. He, I, I didn't respect him. I liked him. Uh, I didn't like the owner. I didn't like anybody in the place. Okay, and I didn't like myself, and I and I, I didn't like the customers, and I especially didn't like when I told somebody that I was selling cars that look they got. They yeah, got right? this look of disappointment. Like really, really. Yeah. You mean you went to college to sell cars, dude? I mean, what's wrong with you? You a loser? They all had that look. And, and, and so, you know, if I go back and look at what changed when I was 25, because all of a sudden I fell in love with the car business. I was like, dude, I like this job. And, and it's what Michael said. You know, at 25, dude, I, I became a superstar. You know, and I tell anybody, dude, I became a freaking rock star, in, not just in my store, but in my town. And I was selling more product than three and four and five guys at a time. And and what the switch for me was, okay, if I leave the car business right now, I'm leaving a loser. I'm no better than when I came here. I didn't leave the environment of the space any better. I'm just a critic. Uh, I'm, I, all I did was come in, judge them. You know, it's like walking in somebody's uh, town and saying, oh, it's dirty here. But but And then you litter it. And, and that was me. I, I just kind of taken a dump where I was and not cleaned up after myself. And so I got on some, uh, some training tapes. I was 25 years old and one month. And dude, literally one month later, I was in love with my customers, the environment. When it comes to hating your job because you're not good at it, do you think that the part that maybe you're not good at is the being a human being and caring about others part? Listen, I know that sounds very cynical, and I'm, that's not my intention. I'm just adding my commentary here. You know me, man. Like I can get kind of colorful at times. Um, I know it sounds harsh, okay? But let's face it. Most people want to be instantly gratified. They want to make money with little effort. They want the gold medal before they've uh, even f like flip and run the race or started training for it, for that matter. One of the first things you'll learn in Grant's training material is this, and I know firsthand because I've taken it in the past. Service is senior to selling. Service is senior to selling. Are you connecting the dots? What do you suppose the outcome of community involvement and service would be? What, what would happen if you focus more outward than inward? Less about how to sell more and more about how to serve more. But then the question becomes, who are we, who, who are you serving and why? Something spectacular about Disney as an organization is that their four keys for creating the best guest experience aren't one-sided. This really st stood out to me. Okay. This, this is something I think about frequently. Like we see in most organizations, the core beliefs are meant to be displayed from those on the front lines to the customers. That's kind of the expectation. Like, oh man, our salespeople or our, our receptionist needs to be the embodiment of the core values. But rarely are they demonstrated within the organization internally. 
at Disney, those core or those four keys, they're multidimensional and they permeate throughout the entire organization from the cast members, i.e. the frontline, you know, people to the layers upon layers behind the scenes uh, all over the world. Okay. They know that in order to be the happiest place on earth, which I'm pretty sure that's their, we'll have to double check. I'm pretty sure that's their, their mission to be the happiest place on earth. They know it has to be the happiest place on earth for all, not just guests for all cast members and guests alike. I believe that culture plays a massive role in how many cars you'll sell or how many service appointments you book or how many parts you're going to retail. If culture improved, I think you'd hear about a lot more 30 plus car salespeople from around the world than we do today. Or in contrast, we'd possibly be able to finally shed the negative stigma that is often associated with car salespeople being shady and untrustworthy. They're so untrustworthy. Oh, cool. Is that something you believe in or is that just something you heard the generations before you say? That's a side rant. (laughs) <laughs> you know, but, but seriously, if building relationships of trust isn't an issue, why does it keep coming up from not only business titans, but also from customers? Why do they keep perpetuating the untrustworthy message if trust isn't important to them? Think about this, okay? About culture. Here's what Chris Bosch has to say. She was on, on a past episode of the show. Take a listen. Go into the why piece, right? Cause again, you're, as a, you know, as a leader of your dealership, you've got a million different things that you're juggling. You're considering different strategies. You're right. Like there's a lot that you're trying to make happen. And so why does this matter? And um, the first thing that you just have to know is there's a huge financial return on investment of having happy employees. And yes, I said happy, not satisfied, not engaged, but happy. And the reason being is that, and you might be thinking, well, Chris, like I'm not responsible for making my employees happy. And I would agree, you're not. However, you are responsible for creating an empowering context within which they can be happy. Because that really is culture. It's the context within which your people work, or it's the air they breathe while running your marathon. If you you know, can think about it that way, I always say it's the energy force field. When I walk into your organization, you know, does it feel like the DMV, right? Like, or does it feel mm-hmm. like Disney? And it doesn't have to be Disney, but like it is that sense of like, what does it feel like when I walk into your organization? And so this return on investment piece, if you have an employee, and again, I know there's a lot of sales folks in the car dealership world, but but bear with me, right? If you have an employee sure. that's making $40,000 a year and that employee is unhappy, they will conservatively cost you $39,000 a year in addition to their salary. Now, if that same employee is happy, they'll benefit your bottom line by at least $21,000. So it's basically a $60,000 spread or 1.5 multiple of their salary. And of course, you should be questioning like, where's that? Like, where do those numbers come from? And um, one of the things that is available on my site, choosepeople.com is literally, it's a two page download of the calculations that go into that. You can also, um, there's a calculator on there where you can put in the number of employees you have, the average salary, um, and kind of your litmus test score on how happy you think they are. And that's a whole other conversation. But um, but then all the research that backs those numbers up. And, you know, we all know about like retention and absenteeism and, sure. you know, better customer service, which actually in the car dealer world is huge. But even they've shown that happy employees, um, there's 26% fewer mistakes 
which I actually found shocking, <laughs> right? Because if you think about like the last mistake that someone made, it's not that they're out to get your dealership, right? Like, they're not looking to undermine your business, but quite honestly, they just care less, right? Like when we care, mm -hmm. we pay more attention to details. Pretty powerful so, stuff, right? I love when she says culture is like the air they breathe while running your marathon. This could go on and on, but I think we're riding the same wave here, or at least I, I hope we are. Building relationships of trust has always been and will continue to be the only real differentiator, I believe, between you and your competitors. Okay, When you're more focused on the relationship and doing everything you can to not break trust, you will have something more valuable than money. You'll have longevity. You'll be, uh, you'll be around. Okay. You'll be around when so many of your contemporaries vanish from leaders right to the team members on the front line. Okay. That this is hear me out here. When you're focused more on the potential of people, you will have potential in profits. That's it for me. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the show. Let me know if these mashups are something that you enjoyed. I'd love to be able to kind of repurpose and give commentary on a lot of the past guests. There's so many of them. They said so many incredible things. But uh, let me know over on Facebook or Twitter. And of course, uh, ask me questions. Get in touch with me. I love to hear from you. Drop me a line over on our Facebook page. And of course, you can check out the show notes and all the past episodes and get a kind of a catalog or a Netflix style catalog of, of all of the past content by visiting www.thedealerplaybook.com. Till next time, keep the playbook open and dominate. See you.